Dominic? Dominic, can you hear me? Hey Rob, I'm almost at the airport now. The airport? What airport are you talking about? We were to meet at Potter's Bar train station. Uh, no, Potier Bar Airport. Potter's Bar doesn't have an airport. Uh, no, Potier Bar in France. I'm in France, Rob. Uh, somewhere halfway between Tours and uh, Angoulême. In France? What made you think I meant in France? Ay, ay, ay. Well, we're heading to France, right? And I like planes, Rob. I like planes a damn sight more than I do Potter's Bar. So when you say Potter's Bar, I hear Potier Bar. So naturally, I think you make this airport. So that's where you are now? Uh, yes, that is right. That is where I am. About 500 miles away. That's right. And I'm in the Austin 7 too. Yeah, you went there in the Austin 7. Uh, all right. <laughs> How did it go? <laughs> you should have seen on the Le Mans circuit. <laughs> oh, that's certainly after what we learnt at the circuit of the Americas. What the heck were you doing on the Le Mans circuit? Yeah, about 35. But man, you could really fit her in the corners. <laughs> all right. Tell me about it later. Right now, we have a podcast to record. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, not to worry. You stay where you are. I'll join you in a moment. That was quick. I took the stairs. <laughs> the, the, the stairs to Poitiers Bar. Yes. Are you ready to go? Well, yeah, I am. But can we eat first? Because I'm, I'm really, actually, quite hungry. And there is a restaurant that overlooks the runway. I, mean, I just wanted to get a feel for what was landing here. Is this something you're going to be adding to your aviation blog? It might be. The restaurant itself is actually called Loche du Ciel, which. Um, translates as the edge of heaven if it was in england it would have been called runway side and been plastic and corporate with a head office in milton Keynes. unlike milton Keynes, this place is great and actually has a sweeping vista where you can see various things like the runway and the buffet i'm actually in heaven no you're in the edge of let's ask this waiter uh, <coughs> uh monsieur garçon pardon uh un table pour les deux uh, oui, monsieur. Ici. Merci. Where did you learn such excellent French, Rob? I really don't think they know we're English at all. <laughs> seriously? We dress far too English to be taken seriously. And my French is more fractured than Voldemort's Horcrotch. I think you'll find that's Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, he was being nice to us. Hey, hey, there's a hop over there. Not seen anything in their livery before. Can can I have my bins, please? Should they be our official airline? Not unless we can find a Scotch Air partner. Are you sure you are hungry? Your eyes are everywhere else but the buffet. Well, yes, now that you come to mention it. Let's see what they have uh, over there. Uh, passion soup. 
Sounds interesting. Goose liver pate something. Oh, I can't translate the rest. Poisson. It means fish. Hey, and they have Meredith. Meredith? I don't see that listed. Oh, she isn't. She's just at the other side of that sneeze guard on the buffet. Goodness gracious me, so she is. Meredith! Don't shout, Dominic. I didn't shout, Dominic. I shouted Meredith. She's coming over. Clear a space. Dominic! Robert! How nice to see you both. What are you doing here? We are off recording another hopscotch adventure. I wanted us to go to Cognac to see how it's made and actually sample some. And I was hoping to find a craft brewery for the hop portion, but not had much luck. I don't think you will. You are much more in grape country here. Hmm. Tell you what, though. I was about to rent a car and drive on down to Biard to get some Pinot. Pinot? Pinot. It is a fortified wine. About 20%, I've heard. Made with fresh grape juice, to which they add fresh cognac, and let the whole lot ferment over. Well, I'm interested. Tell me more. Well, like as with the clear whiskey in Austin, each winery produces something a little different. The terrier through the grapes of the earth and its aspect. And so each year can be different too. Yes, as beer batch to batch, so is wine, more year to year. But yes, it holds. Were you going somewhere in particular, or are you just mooching around? My mother has heard good things about Domaine Guillaume Paintereau. They are down in Briard, which seems further from here than I had imagined. We have the ruby outside. We could all go in that. Your little Austin 7. Would we all fit? Of course we will. The power of radio compels it. All right, you two idiots have talked me into it. I'm calling shotgun. I'm driving. Sweet. After all this plane spotting, I'm just going to take a nap on the back seat. No naps. You will assist with navigating and passing out boiled sweets. Do you English really boil everything? Eh, not really, but it does just seem like we do it. And boiling pizza was just a myth Bill Hicks started. Did try it once, though. Oh, uh-huh. how was it? Clogged the drain. We, uh, we didn't even get to eat it. All right, let's just drive, shall we? Dominic, we're lost, aren't we? Two-hour drive, you said. Closer to four, and I recognize some of these trees. Uh, no, not lost. Just not exactly where we wanted to be. Although the where we wanted to be isn't the place we are at. This is going to require an explanation. I use the address 7 Rue de Coteau, 16130, France. It's just some houses. Actually, quite nice ones. Overlooking vineyards. Not a winery in sight. Yeah. Did you do it right? Let me see. No, that's the right address. Rob, do you have the notes? Yes, right here. Let me call them. 
Bonjour, j'ai cherché à vous préciser la direction. Ah bien, oui. Oh, et oh, mes, mes adresses pour une ville sûre dans le GPS. 45.626764 by minus zero dot two three nine one one five. D'accord, merci, madame. Au revoir. There are two places with the same address. Sure, it's like I said. The here where we are is the same as the there where we want to be, but not. In that the address is the same, although the actual location is somewhat different. Dominic, you are driving me to drink. I mean, technically, it is Rob that is driving. Somebody just drive. It's only ten minutes away. We should not be able to get it that wrong again. French? Moi non plus savant de leur script, but I am switching back to English now, if you don't mind. It's certainly easier for me. Dominic, what can you tell us about this establishment? Well, and here comes the pronunciation, Guillaume Patura occupies this estate that has been used since 1610. I don't know if it has been used in the same family for all that time, though. I, for one, I'm anxious to have a look around. The sooner we start, the sooner I drink. We arrived on a good day for a visit. The opening hours are normally from Tuesday to Saturday, 10 to 12, and from 2 to 6. Monday open in December and June through September. They are closed Sunday, Monday, and holidays. Well, this is my treat. I've paid for the tour, and it is about to start, so we should um, probably turn that thing off for now and, and come back to it in a few. Yeah, it is a bit bulky to carry around. You know that you can get smaller, more portable recording devices now. That doesn't really fit our aesthetic. The kilt does, though. Thank you. I decided against the plus fours for today. Which are what? Meredith, don't need them on. We haven't got time for this. The tour is starting. Good. Let the tasting begin. Well, that was cool. I left it recording. I'll trim the part from while we were away. Uh, is there enough tape to record the last of this today? Yeah, I think there's enough. And of the tour? I'd never heard of it before this trip. So, for the listeners playing along at home, what did we learn? It isn't much wonder we hadn't heard of it. Pinot de Charentes isn't much sold outside of the region. I'd been on holiday around here before, and I love cognac, and I'd seen this. The method of production was actually quite interesting. But, uh, Rob, you seem to be scribbling some notes as we went around. Sharing is caring. Sure, um, they weren't all good notes, but... From the other notes I had, I can tell you this. 
Pinot is made from either fresh, unfermented grape juice or a blend of lightly fermented grape must, to which cognac eau de vie is added and then matured. Ignoring the uh, BBC pronunciation, is that actually Wikipedia I can see on your phone? Shh, Dominic. The grape must being, effectively the first crush, all the aspects of the grape are in there. The grape, its skin, seeds, bits of vine and leaf too. And then that is mildly fermented. And the eau de vie? Is a light fruit brandy. The literal translation is a water of life. But you will hear it used today for brandy in similar, like Calvados. The eau de vie is usually a double distilled product. The mix is then matured in casks and presented as a fortified wine. So, <clears throat> back to myself. We each tried some on the tour. Meredith, your thoughts? I can see why it's served as an aperitif. There's the flavor, so light and flowery, with the grapes. It makes me want a little more with each sip. I think it is a little bit of that acidic nature that makes you salivate. Yeah, I get that too. But actually, I quite like the deeper tones that I'm getting afterwards, that kind of wood feel. I guess that's from the barrel that um, just resting on my palate there. I was looking for a way to describe Did you feel it. a richness coming the from the alcohol? The feel of the warm French afternoon in the country, cicadas in concert, the sound of a lazy heat, a distant Citroen Rob, DS. Rob, focus. I was. About a thousand miles away. More like one. There is a Citroen DS. Oh, he's got good hearing. Those things are classics. But did you know that the French pronunciation of DS is DS, which means goddess? I'm going to get a couple of bottles while we're here. I did read, though, that being a fortified wine, it is best not to let it age. After today, I won't have a problem with that. There is also more variety in the production year on year and, and possibly batch on batch. So there will be nuances to enjoy in every single bottle. As with the single malts you both like so much. I hope this becomes more widely available. What, and missed a chance for another trip to France? You may be in a minority, mister. Good point. I withdraw my last assertion and suggest a visit to these good people. In small numbers. And to the right address. Both good points. Can we go to break and be on our way to Cognac now? I'm ready. Au revoir et merci, madame and monsieur. To Cognac, then. Sponsored by Burt's Better Beers. Burt's Better Beers is located close to Exit 9 North off I-93 in Hooksett, New Hampshire. They have a large selection of international, national and local beers, ciders and meads. Cans and bottles are individually priced so you can select your own beer tour. Tell Burt you heard about Burt's Better Beers on Hopscotch. I expect you'll get a smile that is never far away. You can call Bert's at 603-413-5992 or visit them through their Facebook presence at facebook.com slash Bert's Better Beers. Also follow Bert on Twitter at twitter.com slash Bert's Better Beers. Their opening hours are Tuesday to Friday, 10 to 8, 
Monday and Saturday, 10 to 7, Sunday, 11 to 3. Burt's Better Beers, stimulating the economy, one beer at a time. This is it, Boulevard Osher. I know exactly where I am now. Boy, have I missed this town. That's it there. I can't park in the courtyard. No, 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 no. Take the left just beyond. It leads down to the riverside and you can park up there. It wasn't bad. Only, what, 20, 25 minutes? We did much better this time. These buildings are amazing. How old is this place? We'll get to that part in a minute, but first we need to find a parking spot. The Croix Maurice Hennessy is our best bet. It isn't too bad today. It's a popular place in the summer though. Yeah, the Ruby is easy to park as all these spots are for much bigger cars. Ruby? You named the car? It's an Austin 7 Ruby. Oh, that makes more sense than I was expecting. Those two round towers, I'd like a closer look. So now you see St. Jacques Gate is actually part of the 13th century city walls, but the gateway itself I think was rebuilt in something like the 15th century. Um, this, these were the city side of the bridge that connected, uh, I think it's Faubourg St. Jacques to the city itself. Sadly, of course, the bridge was destroyed in the 19th century, but the, the towers survived. The broken masonry around the base of the entryway, would that have been from a drawbridge? Um, yes, I, I assume so, but I haven't actually seen any illustrations of this gate from that period. That said, there are similar looking gates, like the one of the same name in Paris that did support a drawbridge. Let's walk through it and then we can go up to the Chateau Royal de Cognac. While we're taking the tour, we can let Dominic entertain you with some of his reminiscences of his prior visits to this region. Dominic. Now you see, my love affair with the city of Konya, or the town of Konya, I should say, goes back, oh gosh, I'm probably going to go back as far as saying 2006 or 2005. When I was a young lad, um, my family used to holiday in the area. We used to stay um, near the Ile d'Oloron. And it was always tradition that would always go to the town of Cognac. Now, I first went when I was probably about eight years old. My dad loves Cognac. My dad has a particular fondness for the brand Remy Martin. Now, I think it's more accessible now in America than it once used to be, which, you know, for those that are still maybe listening to this conversation in America, go find some. Particularly, I recommend either VS or XO. But when I was eight years old, my dad decided that we'd all go into town one day and we'd do the tour around the Remy Martin factory which as you can imagine as an eight-year-old and my brother would have been oh gosh uh probably six at that time uh, yeah two years younger the two of us on this little golf cart being taken around the factory well let's just say it wasn't exactly much fun for us but of course the French are known for getting them 
getting children drinking from an early age. We know that. That's that's part and parcel of their nature. So whilst I couldn't actually sample some of the good stuff, I was allowed to at least sniff the barrels, um, which was great. Now, the nice thing about Remy Martin, and it's somewhere that we'd always go back year on year after that, is that they used to have a kind of a visitor centre and a shop where you could do some sampling and pick up cases, as we always did. There was always something called Remy Red, which was like a fruity variant of the drink that my parents just went mad for. And they bought some glasses one year. But the great thing about this place was, if you needed to go to the toilet, the toilet wasn't just tucked away in the corner of the visitor centre. No, no. The, the toilet itself was down in the room where they keep all the barrels. And I don't just mean there was five barrels and that was it. There was about 500 of these things. You walk down the steps to the right, you're in the toilet, and all you can smell is cognac in these barrels. And it is the most fantastic smell. I can't describe it to you without you having been there. If you've been there, you'll know. But it was just the most wonderful aromas. And that's my abiding memory of Remy Martin. Now, we went to various other places, such as uh, Baron, Otar, um, Hennessy, but none of them captured the same imagination for me as Remy Martin. But we'd always then go and find, there's a supermarket chain in France called Leclerc. Not Leclerc as in lower low it is a, Leclerc is in the supermarket brand. And we'd always park up. We'd always, it's down by the riverside, just at the top of the bank. Um, there's a nice little viewing area where you can sit on the grass and watch people rowing up and down the river, which is great. It's one of those really classic memories that you have. But we'd always go into the supermarket, we'd buy a couple of baguettes, a couple of French sticks, or as they say in France, sticks. Um, we'd also buy a packet of ham, or jambon. And I would also pick up some cheese. Now, I believe it was either Port Salut or it was Boursin. I can never remember the two, which one of the two it was. But we'd always go and pick these items up. We'd always go and sit on the bank, watch the rowers, and just break bread. And it was lovely. And then, of course, it would always be the long drive back to where we were staying. Um, and that was the end of that. But we'd do it year on year. I think we did it three years in a row, if I remember one, remember rightly. The campsite's name was Sequoia Park. And it was just amazing. It's, it's one of those sort of childhood memories that, that you kind of stick through. And even when I hadn't been back to Cognac, even when we started venturing further afield for holidays, so, you know, south of France or going to the Loire Valley, I could always go back to my time in Cognac just by talking to my French teacher throughout secondary school. Now, my French teacher, a lady by the name of Mrs. Swainston, was the best teacher I've ever had and I mean that you know compared to all subjects she was the one that understood me the most and she's an English lady but for many a year lived in Cognac and I only found this out when I started secondary school and I was sort of halfway into year seven and she was my teacher in year seven year eight possibly year 10 and 11 for GCSE and part with my A-level French course um, but she lived in Cognac and that we would talk about that for hours on end because I honestly urge anyone that's in the area, anyone that's thinking about planning a trip to, to France you know, Paris is great but once you've seen Paris you need to go further afield and you need to go to Cognac because it is the most brilliant little medieval town um, that has got so much history and owes so much to the world of alcohol and I could wax lyrical all day but I can see Rob starting to get bored of my rambling, so I'm going to pass back to him. Thank you for sharing all that, Dominic. 
you're right this is a wonderful small town to come visit um so while you were listening to dominic we were taking the prestige tour um edited for time uh the Prestige Tour is €21 Euros per person at the time of writing, and you have to be of legal drinking age. And in France, that means 18 or older, as opposed to the 6 or 7 that I think Dominic assumed. Uh, yeah, I always thought it was younger. Everyone assumes it is. But at 18 it is. It may be more relaxed at home, but not at the distillery. It isn't so much the location as the type of alcohol. Oh. The legal drinking age is 16 years for wine and beer, 18 years for spirits and liquor. Well, that answers that then. Perfectly. So, the tour. They started us off with some history. Uh, yes, we started in the Chateau Outard, which has um, possibly the most impressive history associated with it. Um, to put that into context, King Francois I received Gatier and... Um, he was uh, an uh, 16th century, um, early 16th century king of France. And there's a lot of Renaissance architecture in these rooms. They're in marked contrast to the earlier portions, which date back to the Middle Ages. And then the cellars. What is it with you and cellars, basements, and other subterranean cavities? They are cooler than outside. It's hot outside. Did you not notice? cooler and a consistent year-round temperature. The molds and spores that grow and develop in these spaces have an impact on the aging process. So what you're saying is then the same vintage could take on different tones depending on the room it was in? Yes, but it would be more noticeable from winery to winery. It's still impressive that for all the science that can now go into it, it is still an art. Like with all that we know about how da Vinci layered paint to backlight the Mona Lisa, she still only smiles when you're not looking at her. Not the first analogy that comes to mind. I mean, you can intellectually understand the process, but still not have the skill to reproduce it. That was better, but too dry. Yeah, like most of my baking. Oh, having sampled your cookies a lot like that. And a dry mouth is cured by... Yeah, let's get to that. I'd like to just stick to the EXO, which um, which is, you know, it is their flagship. What is a flagship? Ah, too long. Don't worry. We'll discuss that off air later. Fair enough. So, the EXO. The part we admired first was the colour. The rich amber tones imbued into the spirit from the barrel. The richer, the older and better aged. Sorry, it is pretty in the glass, but I'm too eager to get my nose in to, to really sample more than the eye can see. And you get from that... <sighs> yeah. The sweetness, floral fruit, but it basks. Careful, you're starting to sound like me. Oh, ho, ho. on this occasion I'm going to have to, I'm afraid, and it is a risk worth taking. Um, as I was saying, it, it basks on a layer of warm honey, um, but you really need these large glasses to appreciate it, to hold it and, and really concentrate them. I think this is a key to it. You should be able to spend time enjoying the whole experience of the cognac. It isn't some silly shot like a cheap tequila. I get a lot more of the flowers than the fruit, I think. It, 
It smells like a late spring walk. The flowers in bloom around you. Oh, no, definitely, absolutely. Um, really isn't something to be drunk in a hurry. That we can enjoy such amazing flavors from a process that dates back hundreds of years still amazes me. This is certainly one for our recommended list, then. Absolutely. Time to wrap up then. Meredith, thank you for being with us on Hopscotch. This time coming to you from the Cognac area of France. Thank you both. It was a nice chance encounter. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode and the others in the series. You can find out more information about these locations. Meredith, if you would care to do the honours. Visit us at hopscotchpodcast.com on soundcloud.com at https colon slash slash soundcloud.com slash hopscotch podcast or via your favorite podcast app as hopscotch podcast look for the gray logo and finally the twitter account at hopscotch podcast and with that thank you all so very much for listening a very good night to you the scheduling conflicts the role of meredith was played by jennifer hopscotch Some of the sound effects used in the production of this podcast have been obtained from Free SFX. They are available at http colon slash slash www.freesfx.co.uk Seriously? We dress far too English to be taken seriously, and my French is more fractured than Voldemort's crotch. Let me read that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew that line was going to catch us out. <laughs>